Welcome to Finsight, Baker McKenzie's Global Financial Institutions Industry Group Podcast. I'm Yingyi Liu and I'm a Principal in the Financial Services Group at Baker McKenzie based in Singapore. My practice focuses on regulatory and compliance issues with a special interest in fintech. For this episode, we are going to cover the Updated Technology Risk Management Guidelines or TRM issued by the Singapore Regulator, the Monetary Authority of Singapore or the MES. For context, the MES recently revised these guidelines after engaging with cybersecurity experts and obtaining feedback from the industry in a 2019 public consultation. Recognizing the worsening environment of cyber threats while financial institutions expand their adoption of emerging technologies to increase their operational efficiency and to deliver better customer service, the revised TRM guidelines focus on the following. The obligation, emphasizing the obligations of the board and senior management, setting out a framework for the management of third parties, and stating more prescriptive expectations in relation to system and software development, as well as generally the MES's expectation in terms of how FIs manage cybersecurity threats. As these TRM guidelines generally apply to FIs in Singapore, one of the things we are interested in addressing today is what we expect compliance to look like particularly taking into account the fact that FIs range from large multinational banks to insurance companies, as well as to much smaller fintech startups. So joining us today are Stephanie Magnus, a partner in our Singapore office and co-head of the Asia-Pacific Financial Institutions Group. Stephanie is also head of the financial services regulatory practice in our Singapore office. We also have Ken Chia, a principal in our Singapore office and a member of Baker McKenzie's IP Tech, International Commercial and Trade and Competition Practice Groups. Thank you for joining us, Stephanie and Ken. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, uh, Ying. So we are basically going to speak today about the technology risk management guidelines. Um, and they were originally issued um, about eight years ago um, and recently revised in January of this year. Now, I think, um, you know, and these uh, guidelines were actually issued by the Monetary Authority of Singapore uh, for financial institutions here. Now, the guidelines um, recognize that technology is a key business enabler in the financial sector and that financial institutions rely on technology to deliver financial services. I think we see um, in the last few years uh, many digital native financial institutions and traditional financial institutions also using uh, technology in the delivery of their products and services in their middle office and in their back office as well. So um, these technology risk management guidelines set out risk management principles and best practices to guide financial institutions to establish sound and robust technology risk governance and oversight, as well as maintain IT and cyber resilience. Yeah, I think the, one of the big differences is obviously, you know, things have moved on. Uh, everybody's digitization efforts have been going on, uh, especially during COVID. Um, and the surface area for tech is much larger. So I think these um, TRM guidelines are timely in the sense they look at um, the whole ecosystem. Uh, you know, it's not just the banks, but it's also the expanded pool of financial institutions, as well as all the uh, service providers they rely on. Um, as we've seen with SolarWinds and uh, Microsoft Exchange hacks, um, these really could potentially uh, allow backdoors uh, to come into an, a financial institution's network. 
uh, thank you very much, uh, Steph and Ken, for, for setting the scene for us. Um, now, with this recent update, perhaps a question for you, Steph, is um, do you think you could walk us through what you think are maybe the top key takeaways um, g given this recent revision, you know, a good eight years later? Yeah. So, you know, technology risk and cyber threats are constantly evolving. Um, and, um, you know, certainly with um, the use of fintech and the rise of fintech, uh, businesses too are evolving and how technology is being used um, is evolving. And it's increasingly playing a very central role uh, to the business operations and plans of financial institutions and financial services companies. Um, with that, right, the risk there Therefore, um, certainly increase around technology increases as um, companies, you know, send, uh, make technology a central part of their everyday um, doing business. So the um, technology risk management guidelines focus on, you know, things like technology risk governance and risk oversight. How do you actually have a good cyber surveillance program? Uh, what sort of um, systems must you actually have in place? Um, and what sort of measures should you take, uh, should, should financial institutions actually institute uh, to manage the um, risks, technology risks and cyber risks posed by emerging technologies? Thank you very much. Um, I think, I guess, just one one key change in this new TRM guidelines is now also a focus on, you know, the roles and responsibilities of board and senior management. Um, you know, the guidelines now specifically flesh out very much more clearly what the regulators' expectations are, um, you know, specifically that the board and senior management are, in fact, responsible for signing off on policies, um, you know, ensuring that relevant controls and measures are indeed implemented by the FIs. So, so what would you say are some of the best practices to be considered, you know, and especially in, in determining specific measures that actually can be used to um, appraise management performance in technology risk management? Yeah, thanks very much, Ying. I think this is a very important and a very, very crucial point because um, the TRM guidelines and the MAS um, actually uh, make sure or they actually provide that the financial institution's board of directors and senior management is key to ensuring that there is um, robust risk management within the financial institutions. Um, it is the board and senior management who are uh, required to ensure that there are effective internal controls and practices implemented to achieve uh, security, reliability and resilience of its IT operating environment. So they they are essentially ultimately responsible. So it is therefore very important for uh, the board and senior management of a financial institution to understand their business intimately and the risk that the businesses um, the business has um, ensure that their mind is applied to these risks and that um, the risk mitigating and risk management measures are implemented in accordance with the risk appetite and tolerance of the firm. So, you know, there it, it is not a one-size-fits-all solution and um, the board and senior management have to understand um, the business and therefore the risk appetite um, of um, the, the these companies um, and they are also required to approve um, the risk appetite and risk tolerance statements uh, that companies are required to have as well. 
Um, the other thing that um, the MAS has very made very clear in the guidelines is that the board and senior management should actually have members uh, that actually are knowledgeable and are able to understand and manage uh, technology risks. So this could include, for example, a chief information officer or chief technology officer or chief information security officer. Um, and all of these uh, persons should actually have the requisite experience and expertise um, in respect of the appointments. Um, and it's quite interesting, the TRM guidelines actually go on to say that uh, these persons or persons actually fulfilling these roles should actually also be approved by the CEO. And this is really to um, drive home the point that uh, board and senior management have to remain responsible uh, for uh, technology risks within um, each financial institution. Thank you. Thanks, Steph. Um, so maybe moving along to another focus area in the guidelines um, is the role of third parties specifically. And I know that there are actually some fairly prescriptive requirements in terms of handling vendors, such as the requirements when it comes to vendor accreditation and management. Um, but maybe this is a question for, for you, Ken. Broadly speaking, what criteria would you recommend FIs to consider when assessing the risk um, you know, posed by our third party service providers? Yeah. So I think it was, firstly, it depends on the criticality of what the uh, service provider is providing to you. So obviously for the more critical things, the MAS will require you to conduct a more detailed analysis, not only of your vendors, um, you know, kind of what they will deliver to you, but even down to uh, analysis of the, uh, how they do their software development, um, how they do the quality assurance and the security practices. Obviously security by design is now the buzzword um, and, and this question, you know, how do you uh, ensure all this uh, is worked in? Second thing is, you know, for those people, even if they are coming in through an API, uh, you'll still need to look at how they do so. Um, you know, what is their nature, third party's nature of the business, the cybersecurity posture, industry reputation, and track record. Um, so not only just the mechanics, but, you know, who's receiving it uh, is also just as important. Um, as whether that's that channel they we go over is secure. Um, the third thing is, um, like I said, the uh, definitions of who is caught. Not only is the pool of FIs uh, expanded, but also the pool of service providers is expanded, and it covers people who are not you know not the typical uh, outsourcing uh, outsourcing type of, of third parties, uh, which are covered by the current MAS guidelines on outsourcing. Um, so, you know, where it's a service you, the bank couldn't do it themselves, you know, it traditionally it's not counted as outsourcing. Um, uh, but in, in this case, uh, they expect you to assess not only those type of service providers, but your IT forensics, uh, uh, service providers, penetration testing, uh, online marketing services, anybody will definitely touch uh, customer information. Uh, thanks, thanks very much, Ken. And that's really, um, you know, a comprehensive uh, response. Now, perhaps if I could move along to the area of cybersecurity, um, the updated guidelines actually do focus quite a, a bit more on cybersecurity. And indeed, this was one of the areas that the regulator specifically said that it wanted to address in this update, particularly um, taking into account, you know, the 
the the attacks and and reports that we are seeing in terms of of uh, cybersecurity hacks. So, um, would you be able to share maybe a bit more about the um, risks and threats that this uh, specific TRM guidelines, this updated version, is now trying to address, and how do you see FIs actually responding to this? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the stuff does mirror, um, you know, the larger cybersecurity act type of requirements. Um, you know, so under the Cybersecurity Act, uh, owners of critical information infrastructure are supposed to share cyber threat intelligence, are supposed to conduct cyber exercises and participate even in national cyber defense exercises, etc. Um, so uh, the guidelines also kind of uh, kind of follow along with that. Uh, they set out, you know, enhanced risk management uh, strategies for financial institutions, which include the timely analysis and sharing of cyber threat intelligence within the financial ecosystem uh, and uh, conducting, you know, uh, live fire cyber exercises to stress test their cyber defenses uh, by simulating the attack, uh, you know, tactics, techniques and procedures used uh, by real world attackers. Um, so I think you got to take it in the context, you know, we have a, Singapore, a master Singapore cybersecurity plan. Um, MNS is, is trying to get the financial institutions to, you know, play up uh, their proper role in it. Thanks, thanks, Ken. I don't suppose if you have any um, thoughts on how maybe the smaller FIs uh, would be able to to uh, play their part in, um, in you know implementing some of these uh, measures. Yeah, so obviously, you know, every, um, there, there are obviously different sizes of financial institutions from the banks to the small fintech startups. And not everybody can afford, you know, the whole suite of, uh, cyber uh, kind of measures you can put in place. Um, and, and, but essentially the, the, you know, as a financial institution, you do have a higher level of responsibility. Than the common, uh, you know, uh, business outside, uh, outside that industry. Um, so I don't think you can just say, oh, you know, I'm a, a small startup fintech. Uh, I can really do so much. Um, as, as Steph pointed out, you know, the, uh, they do require you, uh, to appoint people who know, uh, on your board at least, uh, know enough, um, to, uh, be able to effectively govern um, you know, your IT development, and this may be a challenge for the North Pole fintechs, as we as we know. Um, often the CEO does everything, <laughs> and then the the tech side is dealt by you know one other guy. Um, so that can be that can be quite a, a stretch, uh, essentially. Um, but unfortunately, you know, uh, like I said, there are higher requirements in the financial uh, institution uh, space. Um, so one is obviously talent development, um, making sure that you have the right talent pool, uh, in place and two, you know, uh, trying to get as much help from people like the CSA or from, you know, your, even the, the banks you work with, uh, if you're a small fintech, um, because often, often you can leverage on their, uh, existing infrastructure already. 
Thanks, Ken. I think that's really helpful and practical advice. I suppose also, you know, the, the TRM guidelines do mention that ultimately they, they recognize that FIs will adopt a risk-based approach. So I suppose one of the things also for these smaller FIs is just taking into account their risk. They're not looking at, at as big a pool of customers as well. They're looking at maybe a smaller pool in, in a niche area that they are, you know, their business uh, relates to. Um, so maybe that's also one of the things that they can consider uh, along with the other, you know, good recommendations that you had. Yeah. Um, I think you just got to remember that, you know, all these fintechs want to scale. Um, and so that's why security by design is very important mm-hmm. so that you've really built it in as you scale. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so much. Um, and maybe perhaps going uh, um, to one of the next points on surveillance, what do you think are some of the legal risks associated with cyber exercises and what, would an FI particularly need to, um, you know, follow or take into account given these new TRM guidelines when they were to run a kind of cyber exercise? Any practical tips for them for this? Yeah, obviously find the right person to, you know, <laughs> do your penetration testing. Um, you know, the originally they, they were going to be uh, licensed uh, service providers, uh, but licensing regime is, is not uh, in place yet. Uh, but definitely, you know, find the right people to help you. Um, there was a, there was a quite a worry at the start um, whether you know the uh, industry would just find all these cowboys who prepared to do it at a cheap uh, price. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can accept you know, this. Might be acceptable if you're outside the FI industry, but uh, not within. Um, so uh, you know, obviously, you know, think about you know what who you're going to use. Um, Make sure that you know they have some credibility, um, and that they are not going to uh, essentially that they they're going to properly um, you know test your 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 networks and systems, because even though you know uh, your customer pool may be currently be small, they are still customers with customer information, um, and there's also you know all of the data protection issues as well. Great, fantastic. Okay, thanks so much, Ken. Um, and perhaps looking ahead, um, Steph, maybe a question for you. What What are some of the emerging risks uh, that you think the FIs should consider? Yeah, thanks, Ying. So uh, with regards to technology um, risk, right, they're certainly evolving threats. Um, and the interesting thing about it is that it's kind of uh, built into the technology risk management guidelines. So the MES actually um, requires financial institutions to actually maintain uh, cyber situational awareness, which means that a financial institution to, should actually collect and process and analyze any cyber-related information for its relevance and potential impact to their business as well as um, the environment that they are in. Um, this would include, you know, looking at um, cyber events, uh, cyber threat intelligence, as well as um, information on any system vulnerabilities. So, um, and, and the MES actually specifically um, says two fairly interesting things. The first one is that the um, financial institution should actually uh, procure cyber intelligence monitoring services um, so that, um, you know, they are resilient uh uh, within the financial um, ecosystem and also, um, if possible, to actually share um, that information uh, with um, other um, relevant parties. 
The other thing that the MEAs has indicated is that, um, you know, there certainly is a threat of misinformation, uh, particularly online or via the internet. And um, again, the MEAs has indicated that, you know, the FI should actually establish a process to detect and respond to such misinformation, including engaging external media monitoring services to evaluate and identify online misinformation. So I think, um, you know, within the guidelines, there's already been built um, in uh, what these evolving threats to FIs could be. Um, and there, um, you know, MES has indicated, you know, stay alert, stay vigilant, make sure you monitor what's going on and see how um, what's happening, you know, will actually impact um, the risk to the financial institution. So I think that's um, something for all FIs to um, consider. Yeah, especially for the latest, you know, cyber hacks. Uh, often, you know, the uh, the, the vulnerabilities will be, be published and then uh, a patch will be released quite quickly after that. Um, the worst thing you can not do is to patch it uh, once it's been released. Um, that will definitely get you in trouble. So if you don't know there's there is a patch available and you haven't applied it, then 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 uh, you can expect penalties uh, to come quite shortly after that if anything happens. Fantastic! Thanks so much, both uh, uh, Ken and, and Steph, for that. Um, now, just maybe one last final question for both of you, um, and this one is maybe a bit out there, but just wondering, thinking ahead five years from now, how do you think, um, you know, this TRM guidelines is going to develop and how the FIs respond to it? How do you see them developing to the, uh, you know, in response to this in the next five years? Are we going to see um, FIs say they're fairly, you know, generally in compliance with these TRM guidelines? Or do you think that they are going to be in a position where, you know, they constantly have to update and evolve and are still going to be in a position where they are, it's a work in progress essentially five years down the road uh, what are your views on that well it, it is you know it, it has been a work in progress um, you know so MES has, has obviously you know been consulting on the changes to these TRM guidelines over the last few years and issued a new one and then we expect them to continue to do you know do the same going forward as well um, so it, it's um you know, one of the things which uh, uh, it can be useful for for financial institutions to look at is uh, go to the CSA website. Um, that gives you you know what ha the latest um, annual report on what happened last uh, year uh, of note, and you know what are the these emerging trends. Um, so one of the things the last report brought up is you know all these blockchain type of of uh, systems um, and the use of IoT coming up. Uh, in the future. Um, so that's something, you know, if you're involved in it, you might want to see what the CSA is saying about it. Um, and not just rely on the MAS, obviously. Um, you know, so, so do their own intelligence. And um, there's a lot of information available everywhere nowadays uh, from quite a lot of the, the cybersecurity vendors as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, as I mentioned, um, any solution is not a one size fits all. Every financial institution uh, will have its own risk and therefore, um, these manage uh, risk management guidelines need to be applied accordingly. 
but it is also not a one-time fits all for the financial institutions, right? So they do need to actually constantly um, evaluate um, their risk and whether their risk management uh, principles and guidelines that they apply internally um, continue to be relevant or not. So it's not static. You can't do it once and then chuck it away. Um, it has to be a, a daily or yearly uh, process where a risk is actually taken a look at on a very proactive basis. Thank you so much, Stephanie and Ken, um, for the great session and lots of uh, helpful practical guidance. Um, you know, given in the course of the session as well. If you found this podcast helpful, you may also be interested to know that Baker McKenzie has produced a series of podcasts related to the theme of resilience, recovery and renewal in light of the COVID-19 crisis. We will also be releasing trends-focused podcasts in line with the ongoing series Finding Balance, the post-COVID landscape for financial institutions. My name is Yingyi Liu and thank you for listening. We hope that you can join us for the next session of Insight.